Hello and welcome to Strange Ways with me, Liam Humes. And Harry Browse. You can introduce yourself, come on. <laughs> this podcast is all about the puzzling, peculiar and the perverse. Before we start, we want to make clear that we're not making light of people's fears and phobias. This podcast is an exploration of the weird and wonderful things which make this world that little bit strange. Well, this is our first episode, isn't it? This is our first episode, yeah. I'm actually really excited because we've prepared loads of ideas, haven't we, for like the series that's coming up. So excited to jump in today and get started with this. Expect a podcast every week. This podcast is dedicated to all of the things that are strange about this world. Because I, I have a fascination about those little quirky things that make you stop in the street and think, why did that just happen? Um, and we always kind of come home at the end of the day, don't we, and, and talk about the weird, strange things that have happened. So this is like the perfect chance for us to share that weird sense of humour that we've got and hopefully the people have got to. And we know that um, a lot of our friends share that sense of humour with us. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. This week is dedicated to carcerophobia, which is... The fear of imprisonment, or the fear of going to prison. We couldn't do a podcast, especially the first episode, of something called Strange Ways without mentioning something to do with prisons. Because we live in Manchester, and Strange Ways Prison, the notorious prison, is uh, only about 30 minutes walk away, isn't it? Well, Exactly, yeah. No, yeah, I'm from Manchester, so I've kind of grown up knowing all about Strange Ways. It's a really big prison here in Manchester. Um, there have been documentaries about it and, and loads of stories. I'm, I'm sure many of you have, have heard about it. But um, yeah, we're kind of calling this podcast Strange Ways because we're going to be talking about all sorts of different strange and weird and wonderful things. But like you just said, Harry, um, we couldn't start the podcast about called Strange Ways without maybe mentioning the prison. So in particular, this prison um, was opened in 1868. Um, it's not far from us. It's back in Salford. And it's most famous for the prison riot that happened on the 1st of April in 1990 and lasted for 25 days. So I think it's one of the longest prison riots in uh, certainly British history as well. But that's widely reported on. We know a lot about mm. Strange Rose Prison Riot. Go and watch the documentary. There's still one up on BBC Apple. What I want to talk about is the things that make us would make us scared of prisons. Because I don't know about you, but I mean... I, th- I suppose it's quite a common fear, but I am petrified of going to prison. I couldn't think of anything worse. I would rather die than go to prison. Oh, no, yeah, I'm... Well, maybe me too. I hate the thought. I- I'm quite claustrophobic as well, so for me, the fear would be of just being locked up, uh, being unable to get out of the cell, and that's, I suppose, what prison is supposed to be about. You're kind of separated from the outside world and punished in some way. Um, but yeah, to me, that's just the worst fear possible because... Um, as a claustrophobic person, I just would hate that feeling trapped. For me, it's the, tra- this, the being trapped. I would just hate... I, I'm bad enough with lad culture as it is, and that amplifies it. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like the, cu- the culture of prison. Like, imagine you yeah. were right. <laughs> I don't think prison. I'd last 10 minutes. No, I would, I would not. Don't. You know what else I thought about as well, for you especially? Uh, you're vegetarian. I'm mostly vegetarian, but I don't really label myself as that, but... I wonder what the food is like. <laughs> Do you have a vegan option? <laughs> this is maybe like a first world problem, but I just wouldn't like the like, the menu. Like, I wonder what the food is like. I mean, do you know what? They must cater for vegan and vegetarian, but maybe not. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. I'll take the vegan slot, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in terms of Strange Ways Prison, 
Um, it was actually a place of execution for quite a long period of time. And they loved executing women there. So mm. there was um, the first woman to be hung. Uh, no, hanged. That's the word. That's mm. the word. It's bad. Grammar poor, poor grammar. Poor grammar. Um, was... Mary Ann Britland, she was 38 and she was executed on the 9th of August in 1886. So only 20 years after the prison opened and she murdered two family members and her neighbour. Um, and she was the first woman executed at the prison. I just, I, I, why did she murder her neighbour? Like two family members, that's mm. obviously, you know, families drive you crazy. That's understandable. Yeah. Not obviously to the point of murdering. No. But... Maybe well, she was I... having a lot of loud house parties. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch! <laughs> yeah, she's causing a lot of noise. Yeah. I mean, there's, I've had neighbours before where, you know, one slip of the tongue and I could have done it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next, the one of the women was called, um, one of the women to be hanged as well was called Margaret Allen. And she was hanged on the 12th of January, 1949. Um, and there's a, there's a theme, there's a hangman called Albert Pierpoint. And yeah, he he was a quite when I was doing some research about the about the prison, especially the executions, his name cropped up a lot. So I'm I'm guessing he was some kind of notorious uh hangman at the at the prison. But she murdered an, an elderly widower and her execution was the first woman in Britain for twelve years and the third execution of a woman at Strangeways. Um so again, they they well, women were notoriously hung, which I found strange because I thought it was a... I didn't know that women were even imprisoned there. I didn't. I, I might be wrong, but I'm sure today it's an all-male an all male prison. Um, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking how... Obviously, how horrifying that is, but also what a spooky place. Like, I, I didn't realise that the people were hung there or that people were killed there. Mm. I didn't probably realise the prison was so old either, so... Another fear that I would have, maybe a bit of a silly one again, but would be of ghosts. And is the place must be quite haunted. And what a horrible, you know, I'd hate being trapped anywhere. But if you told me people had been killed and hung there, and then you locked me in, that I mean, genuinely is the worst, the worst thing for me. I've got something that actually make you fear that more. The bodies oh, no. of executed criminals were marked in unmarked graves in the prison walls. In the walls. In the actual walls. What the hell? And that was custom for. Executions. They can't still be there today. They excavated them and the remains of 63 executed prisoners, of which 45 were identifiable, were exhumed from unmarked graves in the prison cemetery and cremated at Blackley Crematorium in Manchester. Um, You need to get a fielding there, but most (laughs) haunted of a field day. Mary loves you. (laughs) Oh, God. No, that's absolutely horrifying. Imagine being locked in in a cell and then imagine, like, the walls around you have literally got bodies in that's awful. There have been reports of ghost sightings, and in particular, Albert Pierpont, the notorious hangman, he executed Louisa May Merrifield on the 18th of September 1953, so the year of our Queen's coronation. Um, she was the fourth and last woman to be executed at the prison, but her ghost is thought to haunt the prison, um, especially B Block, B, uh, B Wing. Okay. Um, she was a 46 year old woman who was convicted of poisoning Mrs. Sarah Ricketts. So Sarah Ricketts was 69. Apparently she was very fond of very sweet jams, which she ate directly from the jar mm. by the spoonful, washed down with rum or a bottle of stout. Sounds like my perfect dessert. I know, it sounds like a pirate. 
And Louisa, having got the will, made in her favour, capitalised on these peculiar habits by adding rhodine, which is a uh, phosphorus rat poison, to the jam. And uh, obviously she died. And then Louisa was convicted of the murder and hanged at the prison um, by Albert Pierpont on the morning of Friday the 18th of September, which wasn't, isn't actually... The anniversary wasn't you too were a bugger, weren't you? That Albert Pierpoints. Yeah, <laughs> loves hanging women. You know, I was, I was thinking as you were saying that 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 same hangman came up all the time. Imagine if he was your in your family because that's not that long ago. That could be. I'm sure that's somebody's like great granddad or something. It's really good. I mean, point, it's actually. a really dark history, isn't it? It's not something you'd want to think about, but I suppose then it was normal. But I mean, still horrifying. Mm. Can you imagine? So yeah, apparently she haunts the haunts the prison. I've got a story um, I wanted to mention for this as well when I was just reading a little bit about prisons um, and it's kind of related to that fear of prison that a lot of people have so um, for me it would be the claustrophobia but also I know probably a lot of people would be scared of the confinement aspect and being totally alone and that, that's something that could genuinely cause you to go, in, to go mad and, and to lose your mind um, and that brought me to one uh, genuine case uh, quite recently actually and there's, there is a Netflix series about it that I've not watched but I've, I've seen on Netflix that there's a case about this about a guy called Khalif Browder have you heard of, have you heard of this story before? No. Um, so just to quickly touch on it Khalif Browder was arrested at age 16 in 2010 in America and he was jailed at Rikers Island prison after being accused of stealing a backpack um, although no backpack was found on him so um, he says he didn't do it and there was no proof to find that he did Yet he was in prison for three years. Um, during these three years where he didn't have a trial, it was kind of um, a police failing, really, criminal justice failing, where he didn't get trial yet was in prison for three years and he was beat up by gang members and guards. The letter of which it says here, the, the guard beating was actually caught on security footage camera. So this is a really dark story. Um, he was eventually released in 2013, but... Um, it says here, really sadly, he struggled with depression and mental illness and actually took his own life. So this is a horrifying story of how the prison system can go really wrong and maybe why that fear of being in prison for something you've not done or being accused of something you've not done is, is a genuine fear that many people probably would rightly have with stories like this. Um, a quote from the article here, this is actually a Daily Mail article, which is Ugh. not great, but there is a lot of stuff on this online. This is just a the kind of most condensed version I found. It says, on September 23rd, 2012, the teen was filmed in handcuffs being assaulted by guards and the footage was leaked to the public following his death. He's, there's a quote, there was nothing wrong with him mentally or physically or emotionally, nothing before he left. This, this comes from his brother. But when he came back, it was a 180, a total difference. Besides, in physicality, his mentality was totally messed up because of what he learned and experienced and was forced to do while he was there. And there's an interesting stat here as well. Like Khalif, at least 1,500 people locked up at the overpopulated jail have waited more than a year for their trials to begin. That's terrible. Where was this? This is in America. I think it's in, yeah, it's in New York. This is a New York prison. I think it's quite a famous one. Um, Riker Island is the name of the prison, but what an awful story that was when I came across it, but... I mean, doesn't that just That's devastating. show you that the, f the fear of being accused of something that you've not done is a genuine one? Well, sorry to bring it back to strange ways, but the reason that prisoners rioted was because of conditions and how 
devastating it was to live so cooped up. Like, if you if you treat people like animals, they behave like them. Mm. And they people won't stand for it because there's fundamental human rights that even I think prisoners should should be allowed. I think it's... But obviously, it's not a political... It's not doesn't work for politicians to say, oh, let's treat prisoners like humans because yeah. people will say, well, they've done a crime, they should they should be punished for it. But at the end of the day, as with any institution, I think you still need to treat people like humans and people should have a right to a fair trial and people should be able to not live like in squalor for and because it, it it does it's this. Damaging, it, yeah, it? it damages people. Clearly, yeah. And something like claustrophobia for me that fear of imprisonment just comes, stems from this idea that prisons are these these awful inhuman places but really they should be a place of for well in my my political viewpoint anyway obviously they're a place of punishment and people should for serious and horrible crimes they should be punished and they should have some liberties taken away but that it doesn't mean that they are refused the right to be treated like a human being at the end of the day. They, yeah. Fundamental human rights are needed in order to punish people effectively as well. Like, what is what is that achieving? What is locking someone up for three years for stealing a backpack? Yeah, what is that achieving? Yeah. And he didn't even do it. I just think it's, so just, it's just stupid. I've got another point here, actually. Just a different uh, side of the coin to do with this, uh, the fear of of crime really this actually comes from a theorist um <laughs> didn't intend to get so kind of intellectual with this but this comes from a theorist called Wes- wesley skogan from 1986 uh, you can actually read the pdf online i found it and this is about the fear of crime in general but i found this really interesting it says hearing about events knowing others who've been victimized these are thought to raise perceptions of the risk of victimization so these are people who live in fear that a crime's about to happen to them um, which is probably a genuine phobia and, and is not, you know, not a nice thing to deal with. This has been described as a crime multiplier or processes operating in the residential environment that would spread the impacts of criminal events. Such evidence exists that hearing of friends or neighbours' victimisation increases anxiety that indirect experiences of crime may play a stronger role in anxieties about victimisation than direct experience. However, there is a cautionary note Many residents of a neighbourhood only know of crime indirectly via channels that may inflate, deflate or garble the picture. Right, so that was a lot of words. So so basically what that means Essentially. is people can develop a, a fear of crime and a fear of bad things happening through tales that they hear from other things that have happened to neighbours or people in their neighbourhood. Uh, but often these stories are skewed and it said here inflated or garbled. You know, meaning the story's been changed and maybe exaggerated to things that have happened. You know, it, it could even be as simple as, oh, there was someone roaming about in the gardens last week. And it might not have been true, but these are things that are causing people to have real fear that th- bad things are going to happen to them. I just thought that was really interesting. That comes from a theorist, so. I can definitely also think about, like, being at uni and the stories of people being burgled because obviously when student houses are so prone to being burgled mm. but some of the horror stories that you would hear like oh I saw someone roaming in the garden and we made eye contact and <laughs> all that kind of stuff yeah scary. even when even when there was builders coming in to do some work on our third year house and coming down the alley and there I mean essentially there were harmless people but 
at the time you're like there was a man creeping in the garden and like <laughs> and call the police and just all those kind of but you yeah. i think any instance that's out of the norm which is possibly why we i'm so attracted to instances where there's like sort of strange occurrences any instance out of the norm can be can be exaggerated but that's also part of the fun of it in a in a sense like being able to sort of like create a story create a narrative out of these small occurrences because they yeah. are so out of the ordinary um and they will they trigger something in us that make us want to be like, oh, tell someone create these stories yeah, yeah. it's now time for our strange news story of the week we have scoured the breadth of the UK's regional news coverage to find the best and most bizarre stories happening in a quiet town near you. So, <laughs> this is our this is our first episode. I'm already breaking the rules because this is actually an American story. This right. comes from an American newspaper, but I thought this story was so strange that I had to just share it with you today. I'll just read it to you. Where uh, is it from? This is from Fox News. Oh no, Liam! What's wrong with Fox News? Oh. Wh- Liam, are you so oblivious to the fact that Fox News is just Trump propaganda? Well, I live in the UK, so I probably should be my way, but no, I don't know anything about Fox News. <laughs> uh, well, I like it this one time, but no more Fox and News. And the story comes from New Zealand, so we're really going around the world with this one. Police apprehend penguins who keep sneaking into sushi restaurants. I love animals, okay. Sushi lovers know that cravings for the, for the fishy dish are nearly impossible to beat, making it all the more understandable that a pair of penguins in New Zealand have been officially apprehended by authorities for repeatedly sneaking around the grounds of a sushi truck. Uh, On Monday evening, Wellington District Police announced that two waddling vagrants <laughs> were, <laughs> were, temporarily, <laughs> were temporarily detained after making themselves at home beneath a local sushi truck their second act of trespassing on the premises that day, The Guardian reports. A staffer first noticed something was amiss after hearing a cooing and humming sound coming from the nearby warm grills beneath the mobile food truck. Reps from the WDP wrote online that Constable John Zhu quickly responded, great name, Constable Zhu. Wait, I mean, if that's not a, if that if that's not nominative determinism, oh then gosh. I don't know what I mean, it is. Well, Const- no, it can't be Constable Zoo. He's a policeman, but this is that is strange. That he's dealing with animals on this occasion. Oh, but they were like, who do we send out? Who, who Constable we- Zoo. <laughs> Z H U. Oh right, okay. Constable Zoo quickly responded to the scene after sensing something fishy. Great pun there from Fox mm-hmm. News. The wanderers were soon identified as little blue penguins and released back into the wild of Wellington Harbour. Police worked with the Department of Conservation and the Wellington Zoo to send the adventurous, adventurous birds back to sea. Quote, It's pretty insane the idea that some penguins are camping out under your shop, sushi shop worker Winnie Morris told Radio NZ of the wild tale. But it's adorable, I think. They're probably terrified, but it's adorable. Little blue penguins typically start looking for nesting spots in July and start laying eggs in August. Oh, that was cute. That story. is the cutest story. I wouldn't have got rid of it. Here's a picture of Constable Zoo with the penguin. Oh, he looks very happy. He does. Probably a bit of light relief from the usual crimes that I'm <laughs> sure happen in New Zealand. Murder at two o'clock, penguins at three. <laughs> <laughs> As we come to the end of the show, we just have about time for a little game that we like to call QVC WTF. The idea is very simple. I leave the room, 
whilst Liam finds the weirdest object that he can find on the infamous shopping website Wish.com. Now, if you've never seen Wish.com, it's an online store which um, feeds targeted ads and selling the strangest tats ever. So while Harry's out of the room, I'll describe the object that I've chosen um, for, for you guys to kind of get an insight into what I'm looking at. And then I'll ask Harry to come back into the room. And Harry, you're going to be shown the image of the object, which you'll have to sell back to me in the style of QVC for 30 seconds on the spot. Again, if you don't know what QVC is, it's basically a teddy shopping channel aimed at elderly people that we've become strangely obsessed with recently. And the presenters basically ramble on about the most hideous and useless crap but we do like to watch it in the evening because it is quite quite funny. It's quite a skill, actually. for people Very to act- skilled presenters. Yeah. They can just talk about, for about 30 minutes, about, you know, a moisturiser. And they've managed to, like, come up with the strangest uses for it. Exactly. Like, if, I, it if I was in, in Works for a Sales Company, I would hire someone from QVC because I think they're the best salespeople ever because they have convinced me many times to... Do you know what? I've never actually bought anything from QVC. God. I was like, you secret QVC buyer. Uh, you know, whether it's a blanket or the latest non-stick pan, you know. Mm. Amazing salespeople. Love it. Uh, without further ado, Harry, get out. Right. See you later. <laughs> So I'm going to describe um, this object to you really quickly while Harry's out of the room. And then when he comes back in, we'll get him to, we'll get him to react to this picture and try to sell it back to us. So this is from Wish.com, as we said. And um, this is, I'll tell you the title, Nine Type Owl Decoy Bird Pest. Sorry, this is like loads of like random words, hardly description. Bird Pest Animal Repeller Dummy Hunting Fake Deterrent Garden Farm Protector. Which does not make any sense at all. Uh, it's basically a, a toy fake owl. I'm guessing you would put this outside in your garden to scare away birds, to scare away mice. Um, the picture's hilarious. It's a really plasticky looking, cheap looking owl that's got big googly eyes. And according to the picture, it makes a hoo-hoo owl noise. <laughs> um, and it's got light up LED eyes. So can't wait for Harry to sell this. I'll shout him back in. Hello. Right, are you ready? I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you the oh, the QVC. God. Are you gonna react to it straight away? Or are you gonna go straight into the? I'm just gonna jingle? go straight into it. I'm just gonna have to. Okay. Here goes. Right. <laughs> oh my god! What? I don't even. Know. Right. You know what you're missing from your front garden? You're missing this. What title? <laughs> this nine type owl. Oh wait, uh, you know what you're missing from your front garden? A nine type owl decoy bird pest animal reply dummy hunting fake deterrent garden farm protector. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous ornament with LED eyes. It has a shadow sensor and it goes hoo 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 whenever someone comes near. What a way to scare off those pesky predators with this beautiful, beautiful ornament. By now. <laughs> oh my god, Those sound effects, gosh. Well, that's what I imagine it to go like. Amazing. I'm, at first, I must admit, I looked at that and I was like, where do I start? <laughs> the title of that is just ridiculous. I'm, I mean, I managed to get it out in one go. Seven pounds. Seven pounds. I mean, it's... I, I don't know if it's worth that. Look at the sizes that it comes in. Select size. 
A B C D E R F. <laughs> oh, those lovely, <laughs> famous sizes. Size A comes with free delivery. <laughs> what I find peculiar is the fact that is it scaring off animals or humans? Because if I saw that walking down a road and it goes hoo hoo at me, I would I would fucking freak. I'd jump out of my skin. But yeah, quite yeah. cute. Quite really, I don't know. <laughs> you don't like owls? No, I'm actually terrified of owls. I just find them so weird. I think for me, it's the they could move quite fast, and they, when they open their wings, they're really big. But they've also just got that weird look in the it's face. Like, yeah, they, they're known as being very wise. I think owls stereotypically. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that I love it? Yeah, no, owl is stereotypically very like wise. They're not. Creature. Like, how can they be wise if they can't speak? Just in like animations and stories, they are. They, yeah, but that, are that doesn't mean that owls are actually wise. They're depicted as wise, but it doesn't mean they are wise. wise. No, but they've got that very kind of. They sit on a branch and they observe, and they're very knowing. I think there's something quite poetic, quite poetic about owls. <laughs> That's lovely. Right, I suppose that concludes our first episode of Strange Ways with me, Harry Browns, and me, Liam Humes. Uh, Thanks for listening today. We'd like to encourage you to like, subscribe, or if you're listening to the podcast, um, you can definitely expect more from us moving forward. We've got loads of really exciting ideas coming up, so can't wait to kind of get on and, and record the next one. Let us know what you thought. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.